0: to the Sustainable Fashion Podcast, the place where McGill students get together to learn more about the exciting and growing industry of sustainable fashion. Joining us today is Nora Slander. Nora is a brand manager at RenewCell, which is a multi-award winning textile recycling company based in Sweden. The company produces and sells Circulos, which is a branded dissolving pulp product that RenewCell makes from 100% textile waste, such as worn out jeans and production scraps. We're very excited and grateful to have you here, Nora. So thank you for joining. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So
0: before we get into the uh, hard questions, we're just going to use you to learn more about some of those difficult scientific terms that we're unfamiliar with. Can you? Of course. So we hear uh, a lot about dissolving pulp, and in your case, you make circulose pulp. Can you tell us what we mean when we say pulp?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um, So the production chain of of making textiles and clothes is really long. Uh, And and the first step is, is of course, the raw material. So um, in our case, when when because we make viscose fibers from our material, um, it's usually made from uh, wood and the forest. So the you take the wood and you make it into a pulp and this is the raw material that you use for the fibers. So it's really the first step in the production chain of textiles. Um, it could also, if it were um, cotton fibers, it would be the cotton, and that's the first step. And in, in polyester, then you make it, uh, of course, synthetics. So um, in, in this case, when we talk about dissolving pulp, our products, it's just the first step in the production of, um, of clothes and textiles.
0: Thank you, that was very clear. Uh, And so another question is, one of the materials you recycle is cotton, which uh, we learned from a lot of your websites, is the purest cellulose found in nature. What does pure mean?
1: So it's really about that we recover and we recycle this cellulose in, in, um, in the textile waste. And in the case of cotton, it has a very high cellulosic value. So when we bring in the textile waste, we prefer it to be a high value of cotton so that we, uh, it's a high value of cellulosic or, or vis- viscose is always also uh, cellulose based. So we can also um, recycle that.
0: So when you break down the raw materials, you break it down into as many components and one of those components is cellulose. So the more cellulose that raw material contains, the purer it is. Is this correct?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, because it's the it's the cellulose that we recover uh, and and make it into new dissolving pulp. So it's also, I mean, wood, uh, trees, everything green basically has uh, cellulose as well. So when the pulp is made from wood, it has cellulose in it. And when it's made from textile waste, we take the cellulose and we make new material from it. Got it. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. so now let's get into the interesting stuff, the technology behind renew RenewCell Circulos. So we know that much too few items are recycled due to the fact that uh, until now, cotton and viscose couldn't be recycled with satisfactory quality on a large scale. So why is it that they couldn't be recycled with satisfactory quality until now? And is this, uh, was it the technology that was missing? And is this what you're offering that other companies don't?
1: It's a good question. I mean, it's always about that. Why haven't someone thought about this before? Right. Uh, But in our case, it was really the founders and the scientists behind our technology who developed the process and the technology to do this. And I think or the key component is really um, the chemical processing that we have, the chemical step. And, and this has really, haven't been done before at, at scale. So of course, other companies are doing it as well and trying it out. Uh, but since our founders actually started um, Renew Cell and this research uh, about 10 years ago, we've been able to, to, to develop the company and the technology to where it is today so that we can actually take clothes and, and recycle them at, at industrial scale, commercial scale. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really about the invention and then and, and the innovative uh, technology behind the company.
0: So the, the process of making cellulose is highly similar to traditional processes from the pulp and paper industry. But uh, you say it's been adapted to facilitate the use of cellulose textiles instead of timber as raw material. Can you first tell us why the process is similar to the pulp and paper industry especially the paper that's confusing to me and <laughs> what do you do to adapt these processes to make circulos so are the machines changed for instance
1: yeah uh, so our arm um, process is really based on a lot of paper and pulp technology and um, that means that of course our products and what we sell to fiber producers have the is the same products made from wood and from um, um, the forest, but we make uh, it from 100% textile waste. So the process is similar to that because of the it's the same product in the end. but of course we have to modify the steps and and especially we have a chemical step. We have a mechanical, um step where we shred the material so that it's in turns into smaller pieces and then we have this chemical step where we process the um, textile waste but after that then it's dried and and pressed into sheets of circulos which is our product and 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 those kind of uh, processes are really similar which means that we can we can uh use the technology and the machines already uh existing and um and then and i mean in our next factory that we're building right now uh, in Sundsvall, um, we're actually using an old paper mill. So we're moving into the existing paper mill. Uh, we're bringing in the, the steps that we need and modifying the, 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 the machines there. But but we can really reuse uh, a lot of, of uh, existing um, infrastructure, and especially we can use the knowledge and the experience from the staff who've been working with this processes for many many years
0: makes sense and so these sheets of circulose they can be used to make any of these types of fibers viscose lyocell, acetate and how come so many different fiber types if this is true how come so many different fiber types can be made from just one form of pulp
1: so we uh we make viscose fibers or the we sell to viscose fibers uh, primarily. but I mean the dissolving pulp um, can also be made into to lyocell, as you said and, and this is really about just fibers that are cellulosic based so viscose and lyocell um, is made from this this material from our material uh, whereas cotton of course is made from cotton and polyester is made from plastics and so on. so so it's really just um, about that the fibers are made from this dissolving pulp.
0: Okay. So the process of making circulose consists of five steps, which we're not going to go through here. Uh, I, I guess listeners can find that out in your website. Uh, but in the second step of your process, the material is, is processed to adjust the properties of the cellulose, such as viscosity and reactivity. Can you explain to us what viscosity and reactivity are?
1: I'm really impressed of your technical questions. It's really getting into those details, but I, but I I I appreciate that. Um, so viscosity and reactivity and those kind of qualities are really it's really technical and it's about the quality of the pulp for the fibrous producers. So they have specification of what kind of viscosity and what kind of reactivity they they need from us, um, and and those are kind of how we process, how processed the pulp is and how degraded it is, uh, is measured by the viscosity and the reactivity.
0: Is it because once they make the fiber, it has a specific type of softness depending on...
1: Exactly, yeah. It's about just having the qualities. I mean, it's, it, as with everything you make, you want the raw material you bring in to to have certain qualities so that it fits your process. And for us, for example, when we bring in takes that waste we make sure that it has cotton value because that's what we need so it's just about scanning kind of the raw material
0: okay so still staying with your process in the third step the wet pulp is bleached to get rid of the dye of the used clothing uh so your process you say is environmentally friendly can you tell us in what ways this bleaching stage is environmentally friendly
1: the 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 chemical uh Process and the chemical steps in our our um, our production is really um, we've worked a lot with optimizing it so that it's in closed loop, which means that the chemicals that are not used throughout the process, so that 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 nothing comes out. What if something comes out, it's used again and again in a closed loop, so that nothing um, nothing comes out from the factories and pollutes um, pollutes the the environment. Uh, around it, so, for example, we we uh, um, clean the water and and so on, so that nothing um, nothing is 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 uh, polluting or coming from the factory. Uh, so that's kind of the the how we're optimizing so that the process is as as sustainable as it can be. Okay, so thank
0: you for answering all these technical questions. We're now going to move on to the business stuff. <laughs> Uh, So RenewCell works with a push-pull strategy. This is what you call it, which is basically you market towards uh, clothing brands. You want to work with clothing brands because they're the most influential players in the value chain. Uh, And they create the demand for your direct customers, which are the fiber producers. Can you describe what RenewCell's push and pull strategy is? And in particular, I want to know, when you say working with brands to increase demand, What do you do? What does that entail
1: exactly? It's a really good question. So, um, of course, as I mentioned, and as you know, our our direct customers are fiber producers, of course. They buy our pulp and they produce fibers and sell it to their customers. Um, So, But what we've seen in this industry, in the fashion industry especially, is that it's really the... The, the brands and especially the consumers who are driving this force of and demand for sustainability. Um, that's where it comes from. So the, the brands feel the pressure from customers to deliver more, um, more circular and and recycled materials in their um, products. Um, and by offering them a partnership with us and, and saying, if, if, if you, you make sure that you pull our material through your existing supply chain then you'll have the the products that are recycled and circular to present to your customers so we partner with them in that sense where they pull our material through their existing supply chain and we push it uh, to the our customers which are fiber producers Um, so it's really just because we see that the brands are it's there's a willingness to change and they want to become more more sustainable more circular they just don't know how if if technologies like ours um, are not visible for them.
0: So you basically help them by informing them on how they can implement your your technology.
1: Exactly. Or, but they're they, might not know, know about it. they don't even have to implement. They, they, they just have to to make sure that their customers buy. Our material so um, they can turn to their fiber producers and say, "Can you buy from from uh, from uh, from Circulos? Can you buy Circulos?" Uh, then we we have a circular um, model for for our our um, products. So, uh,
0: staying in the same vein, oh, sorry, offer, I think that, yeah. you offer brands and partners use of the Circulos trademark. On products made with your material under a conditional royalty-free license. Can you explain to us what a conditional royalty-free license means?
1: So um, the the license for Circulos is really, I mean, what we're trying to achieve with Circulos is to make sh- sure that the customers, it's easier for the customers to make more conscious choices. So in in today, there's kind of this sustainability jungle where. You as a consumer, you want to become more sustainable. You want to buy better fabrics and buy better clothes, but you're not sure how, or you're not sure. They say it's sustainable, but you don't know, and, and so on. So what we want to do with Circulos is that we want to make it easy for a customer to walk into a store, see the hang tag of Circulos, and then they know that, of course, at least the material is made from recycled material. Um, so, so it's really about... It's really about creating a brand where, where so that, that the customer doesn't have to have all the responsibility for um, understanding and learning about the the supply chain of their clothes because that's a lot of pressure to put on a consumer. Um, so when when we launch together with a with a, a brand such as Levi's and H&M, they can tell the story of Circulos by a hang tag or by um, using us in their um, promotions, and in that way, uh, it's easier for customers to know it's recycled than a circular product.
0: So you mentioned your your partnerships with H and M and Levi's. So we're gonna move there. So far, Renewcell has worked with big, big brands such as H and M and Levi's. So is Renewcell looking to work mainly with big brands, or do smaller brands have access to Circulos as well?
1: Uh, we're not really. We're not just focusing on bigger brands. So uh, it's been important for us to show these first launches that we can actually do this at commercial scale, because that has never been done before. Uh, and and it's great to show that technologies exists on lab scale and and pilot um, uh, projects and so on. But but it's also really important that we show that we can actually produce at a scale where people can walk into a store and buy it um, worldwide and that's what we've done with with H&M and Levi's so that's been incredible for us and Levi's even named us their most sustainable gene ever which is amazing uh, considering their legacy of, of, of uh, denim and production and so on so um, even if, if if those big collaborations are really important we of course want to work with I mean, anyone who wants to become sustainable or are sustainable and so on and provide them with circular material. Uh, for us, it's just a matter of, of getting availability so that we can sell to more customers and, and smaller customers as well.
0: So if we go into what was launched more precisely, H&M launched the blue dress containing 50% circulos and Levi's launched the two jeans where they replaced 20% of the cotton content with circulos. My first question when I read this was why only 50%? Why only 20%? Why not make the whole garment from circulos?
1: Um, And that's a good question. And I'm glad you asked it because it's important that we push for the 100%, right? um and ask those kind of questions so our in in this case is, uh, it's really about availability for us we we were still we were still a small company we had a very limited production um so for for our fiber producer it was they weren't really able to just use our material. so they had to mix mix it with with um uh, other fse uh, wood pulp but but of course, when we're at the scale we want to be, and when we're scaling up, we're, we'll be able to do it 100% as well. And hopefully then we can have 100% garments from Circulos. Uh, but it's it's really a matter of availability and production from, from our side.
0: Okay, so it wasn't because mixing it would make the properties better or whatever?
1: In in the Levi's case, I mean, as you know, denim is is usually made from 100 percent cotton and and then some elaston for the stretch but but it's really a cotton product uh, so for us it was so great to show that we can make this from viscose we don't have to extract cotton to make denim we can also blend in viscose um, so that was really a, a great step um, to show that it's possible that we can have the um, qualities that we like in the clothes we can have the feel and the touch that we want but it can still be made from circular material. Um, And this also goes to show that it's really not a big difference between our our material and other um, wood pulp, uh, because you can mix it and and have the same feeling and the same fibers. Um, So it was kind of a nice proof of concept for us as well. But I mean, in the long term, we of course want to have 100% circulars as well.
0: So when, when you make viscose, what do you recycle to make the viscose? You recycle used clothing, but what that used clothing is made of what?
1: Uh, cotton. So we we take the the cotton and we um and and we recycle it and then we sell it to the fiber producers who make. F- viscose and it becomes uh, viscose textiles we can of course then um, recycle this as it is cellulosic so we could continue to recycle it we don't want to recycle circular clothes because we want them to be used much longer than this Um, but it could it's it's a circular system Um, but what we don't want is to mix in polyester or uh, plastic or anything like that, because we can't recycle that. So we can recycle cotton and viscose. And we're mainly focusing on the cotton for now, as it has a very high um, cellulosic value that we need.
0: So you can't recycle cotton into cotton. You have to recycle cotton into viscose.
1: Exactly. Because cotton is made from cotton. So it's made from the cotton flower uh while um viscose is really a man-made um, fiber, so you make it from from the pulp. Mm. Um, so you can't really create the cotton uh, um from another pulp if if you if that makes sense, so cotton is really, I mean, we all know the cotton flower and the 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 um what that looks like and and that's not the same as the solving pulp which we make. Mm,
0: okay, makes sense. See, I learned a lot from these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. That's good. So, you partnered with the Danish fashion house Bestseller uh, and they launched uh, the, their first garment made of circulos through the brands Vero Moda and Selected. So, why did Renew Cell choose to work with Bestseller as opposed to some other brand? Did they reach out? Did you reach out? How did that happen?
1: So we, we're in contact with a lot of different brands uh, and we've been in contact with a lot of different brands throughout the years. Um, we've chosen to focus on a few and make those partnerships valuable. Um, and, and Bestseller was one of them. So we actually started a conversation long ago and, and developed this product, but we, we have more launches to come. We've also launched with a Swedish brand now, uh, Kappal. Um, so so we we've, there's more lunches to come, uh, and and the specific reason for these brands is really just a matter of collaboration. They focused and they um, kind of um, may, gave us the shot and, and and we can deliver to them. So um, it's a matter of a good collaboration and finding a way to work together uh, for from both both ends.
0: So when you reach out to these brands, are most of them responsive? Do some, do some brands resist? They're like, no, we don't really want to do that. Or are most excited and they want, they want that partnership?
1: we can we see a huge demand on the market from brands i mean there's i don't think there's many brands starting off today or even existing from before that doesn't have a sustainability agenda that doesn't have sustainability goals for 10 years five years and so on so our solution is really their only way to reach those goals and we see that h&m they have really ambitious goals which is amazing but you also have to start taking those steps now if you want to fulfill them until 2025 or 2030 and so on. So um, there's definitely huge demand. I'm going to, I don't want to brag, but we've been privileged to have a lot of brands reach out to us Um, and it's amazing. For us, it's just great to see that so many brands want to do better and want to become uh, circular. It's not. It's it's just a matter of understanding what we do. Really, uh, a lot of brands don't know about this process. They buy the textiles, the finished textiles, and then they make their garments. Um, so it's been. I think it's been a learning experience for many to understand the the whole supply chain and really have a look at it, and see how they can change it and shift it towards more circular practices.
0: So you mentioned that you have a lot of demand so you're going to have to fulfill that demand. Can you then tell us about the plant you're building at the Ortviken industrial site in uh, Sundsvall, Sweden and what it means for the company?
1: I'd love to. <laughs> it's really our uh, main focus right now. And as I said before, I mean, what's really unique about RenewCell is that we are scaling and we're doing it really fast and we're doing it at a pace that haven't really been done before. Um, so we're the first company to to build this large um, facility to produce pulp from 100% textile waste, which is amazing. Um, and the, the project is really proceeding and we're going to be able to start um we're aiming to start production next year um and 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 we're going to be able to produce at a a scale of sixty thousand ton which which is really it's hard difficult to grasp these kind of numbers and it's it really is drop in ocean for the industry as a whole but for us it's a huge step up and we're going to be able to collaborate with with a lot of uh, brands and to produce garments made from from old garments uh, at a much uh, much bigger scale so it's really exciting it's exciting for us as a company to grow this fast Um, we're having a lot of as i mentioned we're moving into an existing plant so we're taking also rehiring a lot of staff from that plant which is really great because they uh, have so much knowledge and experience um, uh, from this process and production uh so it's it's really an, an, a super interesting project and it's also an important milestone for the fashion industry um to, sh- to see that we can have really industrial scale production and it's 100 recycled
0: yeah it's certainly very exciting and i look forward to seeing all the partnerships uh coming up next year so Uh, an estimated 1.7 billion people are expected to enter the global middle class by 2030. So this obviously means that there's going to be a huge demand, a huge increase in demand uh, for textile fibers. Do you think that recycled fabric production will grow at a pace fast enough to meet this increased demand? And not just recycled fabric, but also new materials that are being uh, invented? Uh, Or do you think, are you less optimistic about that? Do you think we're still going to you know, be using traditional materials that are less sustainable?
1: I think we have to be optimistic, right? Uh, But I think we definitely have a long way to go. So um, as I mentioned, the volumes we're we're aiming for next year and the coming years is really a drop in the ocean for the industry, even if we're the biggest Mm -hmm. player yet. So it says a lot about how we have to accelerate this shift. But, but, I mean, we're optimistic. we're seeing a lot of a lot of demand from brands to find practices. We're seeing sustainably born brands who really have the 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 whole concept of sustainability at the core of the company and really trying to change the way we look at fashion. But at the at the end, uh, it's a consumer question. So we also have to to change the way we we actually live, how we consume. The way we view our clothes, we we can't just um, dispose them how we how we like just because we're not interested anymore. So the the fast trends uh, and and so on has to kind of slow down, um, and hopefully everything will happen at once. So we'll sl- the the fashion industry will slow down, and and the technology will kind of uh, keep up. So uh, that's at least my optimistic view on things is that. Uh, I think there's great potential in really scaling these technologies being trialed right now. So not just our kind of technology, there's also for, for other um, uh, materials and other ways of doing it. And if we can just get the financing that they need to scale um, and help uh, help each other and and from the industry and investments and so on i i, I have to say that i think we we're going to be able to um to provide that demand but it's going to take a lot but i think i really think um it, it, we're we're getting um a good start at least uh, this year and and the coming years so you mentioned that
0: ultimately it is up to the consumer to make this transition because they're the ones buying uh these products uh Outsourcing production to countries such as China has allowed us to make clothes very cheaply and has allowed consumers to buy very cheaply. You ship Circulos to these countries. Uh, Is making clothes from Circulos a more expensive process than the traditional way of producing clothes? If so, why?
1: If not, also why? So we're really aiming for Circulus to be, uh, or it is, a plug-in product where we're we're just plugging in, uh, kind of being the link between the textile waste being burnt or on landfill and new production, right? Um, So for us, it's it's really about being where the market is, and the market for fibre production is in Asia. So. If we want to change the the way that their practices and their operations, we have to go there, right? We can't just exclude them because they'll continue uh, their their production uh, using other raw materials. So instead, we want to be where the market is and is currently in China. There are fiber producers in, in Germany, for example, and so on, but not really at the volume that we need um, and we're going to need in the future as well. Um hopefully we, we the maybe that'll change, maybe we'll get closer to Sweden or or and so on. but uh, right now it's it's really a matter of the being a plot again product when it comes to price and when it comes to um, production.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good thing because often you'll see people wanting to be more sustainable, but then when it comes to paying up, they're not really just willing to spend yeah. a bit more.
1: Definitely. We don't want that to be an excuse for not being more sustainable. Um, that's also, for example, H&M was a really important launch for us because it shows that, that a lot of people are shopping at H&M and they can now choose more, more circular and, and, and recycled materials.
0: So my next question for you is, so let, let's talk about the competition. As more and more recycling companies emerge, the demand for used clothes will go up. So how is renew sole planning on dealing with this competition? How will it change? I know that you want to try to get as much market share as you can, as fast as you can, but you have to anticipate that people are going to start fighting for that used clothes
1: yeah and and that's definitely an i mean a a long long term um looking at a long term and financially um there's definitely strategies for how to stay ahead of competition but i mean to be honest right now it's not it's not unfortunately it's not a problem at all because there's so much textile waste so really we're at this nice position where we can welcome any competition because there's this huge demand and there's a lot of textile waste to be used so um looking at it now it's not it's not really a problem unfortunately there's so much out there um but then of course hopefully um this situation will change but i think that's more long term in the future
0: so you said so then that's not a threat right now but is when you sell threatened by any other competitor with similar technology
1: no, I wouldn't say that we're threatened because there's too much demand really now for us to compete in that way. Um, there's so many brands that are looking for these technologies and looking for ways to uh, shift their production. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't say really that, that we're competing in that sense if, of, of, a very, of a very narrow customer base. That's not really the case uh, for us.
0: So, Renewcell believes that regenerated fiber from recycled textiles could replace approximately 18% of fibers from non recycled sources. Why 18%? Can you tell us where this number comes from? Why not more?
1: I'm actually not sure exactly what the source is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a calculated number looking at the technology development of uh, regenerative fibers and the demand for um, and the growing demand for, for textiles. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sure the exact source. Um, it's probably set somewhere, but it's, it's definitely just a calculation and, and um, a forecast.
0: Okay, yeah, it was just in your annual report and I didn't...
1: Then it's def- there's definitely a source for it. I, mean, I just don't know it uh, by heart.
0: Okay, it was a difficult question. So <laughs> now let's talk about Renew Cell Sustainable Production. In-, in 2019, the company commenced a project to improve water treatment in terms of capacity and efficiency of the production plant in Christenham. C- can you tell us about some of these measures, how you're improving the water treatment? Yeah, i think you mentioned uh briefly yeah, so
1: it's it's really just a matter of um optimizing the process always so um looking at how can we um how can we we treat the water in the water treatment better and how can we um make sure that the chemicals are used in the right way and so on so we're always working on um on optimizing our process and uh, we have i mean we have a great research and development team and their main focus is, is really this, to optimize the process as mo- much as possible as we're moving on to the next plant where we're going to scale up.
0: Uh, in 2020, you also purchased uh, climate compensation corresponding to the entire company's collective scope, three emissions of 733 metric tons of CO2. Uh, what is climate compensation? And can you explain what this sentence meant? Because I did not understand. <laughs> I don't so, know.
1: Um, climate compensation is really about calculating your emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, and then uh, investing in a project that is forecasted or, or calculated to to uh, reduce this in the same amount. So um, kind of offsetting. Uh, but I do want to say that our our aim is always to lower our emissions first. So anywhere where we can, we will... Uh, try to optimize and lower our emissions. We have one hundred percent renewable energy in our um, factory, and we will have that in the next factory as well. Uh, but then there's then there's certain things you can't really go without in a company. and we we've decided to calculate this, and then we invest in a project in Indonesia. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we this year was Doriam project. Uh, which is a forest in Indonesia, and, and um, Indonesia is, suffers from the, the deforestation of viscose, uh, for viscose production. So we decided to invest in a project there um, um, as, as a, a compensation for the emissions we do have. But it's also a great way to calculate your emissions so that you can see how you can reduce them. Right, because if you have to compensate for a lot, then that takes a lot of reason. yes. It's going to be expensive, and you don't want that either. So it's a perfect win-win situation. So uh, I have
0: two questions, and then I'll open it up to the members to ask any of their own questions. Uh, so the fiber you sell the sheets of circulars to the fiber producers. Do they have to use a different process from what they would get if they were using another raw material, or um, is it the same? As traditional ways of making fiber,
1: mm, as I mentioned, we're really aiming to become a or be a, a plug-in product, so that our, the customers can buy it and use it in our, their um, their process. I mean, we're still a, it's still a new material, and and we're new on the market, so there's certain modifications to it but it doesn't really require any investment uh, from the the fiber producers of their process it's it's really a, it's really just a plug in
0: okay great um, finally how is renew cell affected by greenwashing and what does it do to combat this if anything
1: uh, <clears throat> sorry oh sorry mm, i've been talking too much um, I mean, it, the greenwashing, it's a <clears throat> difficult subject within the fashion industry because it's, it's really discussed and it's an important discussion to have always. Um, what we want to avoid with the renewal is to become kind of an excuse. So we don't want brands to be able to produce more and more and more because they can j- only send it to us to recycle. Uh, we really want to work with, with the industry and with the brands to produce much less Produce much better to to <clears throat> to for the customers to use it longer and and so on resell it and everything uh, that comes with it. But then in the end we need the solutions for w- what to do with the waste that we do have. So I think that um, it's important to to note that we we really expe- respect the the hierarchy of waste and in the industry uh, we're not just an excuse to to produce more and then. Uh and send it to us. Um, so I think that that's that's one part of the greenwashing um that we're really working with.
0: I want to thank you so
1: much, Nora, for joining us and answering all our demanding questions. No, thank you. I mean, it's so interesting that you have these engaged questions and you're really smart about it. So I'm glad that you're asking them, hopefully to other players in the industry as well, so that we I mean, these are the kind of initiatives that, that gets the conversation going. So, so happy to be here and thanks for having me.